century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every situation Only this thing is it Go on, man, you have all that power What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. The Sixers win it tonight in Philadelphia because apparently that's the only place they can win this season. They win it over the Los Angeles Clippers, 122-113, to in a game that, if we're being realistic and we're being honest with ourselves... It wasn't a good win for the Sixers because they simply regressed to old habits and got by on talent alone. What I mean by that is the Clippers are not a really a good team. They're not going to compete for anything in the West. They are 4-4 four and four now after the loss to the Sixers. Um, but the Sixers came out re- really, really hot. Uh, built a fourth, built a four-point lead going into the second quarter, led by as many as twenty-two in the game, and that was early on in that in the first half. It was in you know the second quarter. They went into halftime up by fifteen, seventy-two fifty-seven, and then they really laid an egg in the third quarter. There was one point where they had been outscored twenty-seven to eight. In the third quarter, their 22-point lead had been erased, and they were at one point down four. They then came out of it. Brett Brown finally called a timeout. They got out of their funk. And they realized who they were and who they had on their roster, and they decided they were going to win the game, and that was just that. They did just that. They took over in in the fourth quarter. Clippers kept it close for most of the quarter. The Sixers pulled away late. They won by uh, they were up by I think 12, 13 um points in the closing minutes of the game and then free throws down the stretch ultimately ended it. The Sixers win it by 9 to move to 5 and 4. Really it's the same kind of pace they were at last year except this team is much 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 different. Maybe not on paper, but on the court, they're a much different team than they were last year. You look at who stepped up for the Sixers tonight. Usual suspect, Embiid was outstanding. Um, five points shy of tying his career high. He finished with 41. Took 32 shots, so not quite where you want to see the efficiency, but it's acceptable. It's 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 good enough. He had 13 rebounds, four blocks, only two turnovers. So his turnovers have consistently been below three or four in this early part of the season. So that's something that he's really improved on so far. Um, and it's really helped the Sixers out tremendously. Even though it's sort of weird in that the games that they lose are getting blown out and the games that they're winning, they're killing everybody. But I think that his lack, his turnover def- differential from last year is making a big difference in what he's able to do this year. Ben Simmons, oh, this is an interesting little uh, tidbit. Before the game, Brett Brown stated that he wished Ben Simmons would take more jumpers. And I think that's sort of, in a way, 
Rep around acknowledging and sort of hinting that he knows Ben did not put in the work to become a, a better jump shooter this past summer. And in a way, he's saying, you could be this great now, but you're not because you didn't do this. And so he's sort of putting Ben Simmons in a spot because he's saying, listen, young fella, listen, young fella, we know that if you, we all know that if you can develop a 15 foot jumper that you can hit with any kind of consistency, you will be a top five player in the NBA. It's on you to do that. You got to want it. And I think in, in saying that he wished Ben would shoot more jumpers, it begs the question, well, why isn't he? And then Ben will say, because he's not comfortable yet. It, it, it won't, they won't actually say this, but that's the, that's the matter of the situation. Ben, in his head, knows that he's not comfortable with it yet. Well, why aren't you comfortable with it yet? Because they haven't mastered it. Well, you had a summer off. You knew it. You knew it. You, you knew, everyone knew you couldn't shoot last year. What, what, what were you doing? I was hanging out with Kendall Jenner and having a fun time in L.A. Oh. So that's the reality of the situation. Simmons had 14 points on 6 of 11, made both of his free throws tonight. 11 assists, only two turnovers. So a, a very nice rebound game for uh for for Ben Simmons. And I don't mean rebounding that he had a ton of rebounds. He only had three. He just compared to 11, 11 turnovers on Wednesday or on Tuesday. He had just two tonight. So that was a big, big uh, sort of a, a bounce back game for Ben Simmons. Dario Saric continues to struggle. One of eight from the field. One of three from the three point line. Uh, for five points, he did drill a big three late in the game to put them up by seven, I believe. He Dario's really struggled badly so far. He's only shooting 23% from the three-point line this season, uh, 35 from the field overall, 81 from the free-throw line, averaging 10.5 points a game. His career averages are just – are. A, you know, if you round up, it's almost it's about fourteen points, um, but a thirty five percent three point shooter. So he's dipped dramatically. I think I think playing Croatia this summer really really hurt him. Um, I don't mean he got injured. I mean that he just I think he's just tired and he's trying to find his legs. And I don't know that he will find his legs. I, I hope he does because this team can really use his help. They'll they'll win they'll win games solely because he so they'll win games that. You won't realize that it'll be because Dario Saric helps them because he's found his rhythm. So he's still that grit and grind glue guy. But if he can find his jumper, they will win more games because of it. Uh, Covington continues to be very solid. 10 points, 7 rebounds, 4 steals for him with 3 blocks. Continues to knock down 3-point shots. He is shooting so far this season 43% from the 3-point line. Only 71 from the line. Um, only about 0.8 points above his career averages, which is fine. I don't need him to add. I don't need him to ha- average uh, 16 points a game. 13 points is fine, but I want to see the efficiency from the three-point line go up. And so far, he's answered that. He's had a great start to the year, but he flies under the radar because he receives a lot of sort of hate for his shortcomings. Um, for people like me, I'm not a big Robert Covington fan, but I can appreciate that he is been enormous for the Sixers so far this year. Um, Markel Fultz, I thought, you know, I, I've, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of conversation about Markel Fultz, and what I can say is that 
all the professionals and all the analysts and all the media personalities are just about ready to give up on Markel Fultz. They, it's not re- they don't think it's realistic for him to become the player they need in the bait. That's fine. They're probably right. I haven't given up that hope yet. And I think by game to game, if we're being honest with ourselves, I'm seeing a different I've seen a, a different player every 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 new day that I saw the first day of the year, first game of the year. So tonight, Markel had 12 points, nine rebounds, five assists, only one turnover. Um, so his turnovers were low too, and that's actually helping them. He was a plus 16 for the game, while Ben Simmons was a minus two. So Markel, I think, is improving slowly but surely. He actually, you could argue that he led them to victory tonight because he ignited them in the third quarter when they had fallen behind. He was attacking the rim with just sort of this energy and confidence that I don't care what you throw at me. I don't care how you how you defend me. You're not going to block this shot. And he was finishing right at the rim over much bigger players, and he really propelled them tonight. He was a big booster for them in the second half. Um, he, I, I, I didn't see him take uh, many jumpers because I had I was doing my own radio show um, for the first half of the game. But the one jumper I did see, he missed. So the jumper is going to take time. We know that. The question is, will he ever recover that jumper, and will he recover it in time? I think his confidence is improving. I think he's becoming more confident with each game. I think he's trying to find his comfort, his comfort zone, and I think that – you know, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to, to to project that he'll ever become the player that they need him to be in time. But and obviously, all signs would indicate that he won't. But you you can't say that he's not getting better on a game to game basis. He's getting he looks more confident. He's sort of developed a, a, a touch of swagger, and that there are times which he'll just attack, and there's nothing you can do about it. He's going to score no matter what, and that's what you want to see from him. You want to see that killer instinct, and I think that he's slowly starting to get that. So I liked what I saw out of Fultz tonight, and hopefully he can just continue to give them 10 to 12 points, 10 to 13 points um, every night because they, they really need that out of him at this stage. And then hopefully he can build off that and go into the summer and work with Drew Hanlon some more and then come back next year and be more comfortable with the shooting guard position, more comfortable with his jump shot. And really shock everybody and prove that he's that he is what we want what we need him to be Mike Muscala uh 24 minutes for him only four points two rebounds and three assists but his four points I I thought were the turning point of the game in that he convert it was it was off of a Markel Fultz uh pass where he stepped into a three knocked it down and got fouled. The Sixers were down two. It was in the third quarter, so you know the moment. So the Sixers had completely blown the lead at that point, and they were trying to just recover and sort of stave off a disaster. And Mascala hit the three, got fouled, made a free, made a free throw, and then turned a two point deficit into a two point lead. And if my memory serves me correctly, I don't think they ever trailed after that. So I think that that was sort of a a a wake up for them. They 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 got you know they they, they got out of it. They sort of came alive, they got excited, they got energized, and that was what sort of that was the turning point for them. Amir Johnson continues to give, I guess you could argue, it's solid play. He just looks very old and he looks, 
not athletic, doesn't have really any bounce. And you, I wonder how much longer they can keep throwing him out there because defensively, he's below average but adequate to hold the hold the floor while Embiid takes a, a break. Um, and offensively, he gives you next to zero. He's average. I, you know, he's not going to give you more than five points on most nights. Um, but there's got to be a certain point when Bet Brown says, "Okay, Mascala is going to be the backup center, and Amir is just not going to play because Amir is just they they need more from a backup big, and I think Amir is Amir realizes that he's come to that point in his career where he's now the mentor, he's now the guy." To sort of groom the young the groom the young players, um, I think once Wilson Chandler comes back, and I think that's going to be that's going to be in the coming days, um, sooner than what you might think. I think that once he comes back, you'll say you'll see him play the three and the four, and Mescala will be the backup five, and Amir will probably be out of the rotation. You look at Andrew Shamit, I think he's arguably become the steal of the draft for any team because he's given you one thing you need desperately off the bench and that's three that's reliable three-point shooting um and you know 23 minutes for him uh three threes i think he hit all of them in the first half um and that's you know 13 points he get a, a, a late first round pick giving this team 13 points is wonderful if he if he could average five or six or seven for them throughout throughout the season, that's a tremendous pickup for the Sixers going forward. Redick, I think, is starting to get burned a little bit because I think that it just they're they're using him at an unsustainable level for a guy his size and his age. Nothing nothing really is coming easy for him. He rarely gets a wide open look. They're running him off of dribble handoffs and and, and misdirections and. It's you know he he's he had a very hot start but he's dropped off in terms of efficiency the last couple of games. Uh, he had 18 points tonight, 35 minutes of play, uh, but he's only shooting you know he's shooting 39 percent from three the season, which is is remarkable. We know that, but that's not Redick. Redick is a is a 40 percent plus three point shooter. Um, he's averaging 18 and a half points a game. I would think that would that I would think that that is going to eventually equalize and he'll drop down to earth and be, be in that sixteen point range for the season, but you know and I can't ask more of him. I love JJ. I think he's been tremendous for this team in the last two years. They, they've won games only because of him multiple times, and so I think for the money he's getting, he's earned every penny of it. And I think that uh, really he's been perfect. I just think that if we're being realistic and we're being honest with ourselves, the reality is that this is this wasn't just one game where he shot four of twelve. The last couple of games he's been shooting, um, you know, under under. You know he's he's been under shooting, he's been underperforming on, in terms of his in terms of his efficiency, and I don't I don't mind him going four of twelve every night. I would I would I would prefer he shoot better than that, but I think that that would be different if they had anyone else to help out. And I think that that and I would guess when tight when Wilson Chandler gets back in the coming days, 
that will open things up for Reddick a little bit because they won't it won't be all on him and they can use Chandler and Reddick together, and that's another shooter off the bench and then that doesn't it doesn't become so airtight for Reddick to find space and make his life so difficult. Um, the Sixers recalled Jonah Bolden today from the Delaware Bluecoats. He was there for twenty four hours, uh, beginning yesterday. So I would imagine he's going to sort of go back and forth between the G League and the NBA all season long. Um, just because they don't know when they might need an, another forward. And they're not using him right now. And putting him in the G League gives him the reps, keeps him in shape. And that way, when if there is an injury, knock on wood, or there is a... Um, But there, there, or there, you know, if there is another situation where a guy is sick or there's an injury or or what have you, Bolden, they can they can they can recall him real quickly, and he will be available to play. Um. So they brought him back. T.J. McConnell was a was a DNP tonight. He did not play. Coach's decision. I think McConnell's in a in a difficult spot because. Most DMPs are guys who are just not good enough. McConnell is every bit qualified to be out there to close a game out. It's just that they need to develop their young guys. And it's it's unfortunate for him because he deserves better, but it's a reality of the role. And the reality is that his ceiling is, if his ceiling is 10 feet, he's at 9 foot 9 inches. And tremendous defender, tremendous character. He embodies the city of Philadelphia, and that's why, that's why we all love him. But the reality is that he is not the future of this team. So he's a DNP tonight. Furkan Korkmaz has not enjoyed his time in Philly so much so that he has requested a trade out of Philly, citing that he has not been given a fair opportunity in terms of playing time that he just wants to play. Came over from Europe and he wants to, you know, he, he, he gave up his, his, um, his home country, came to another country to play, and not getting that, those minutes. Um, clearly he's unhappy and he feels that he's that he's been wronged by the Sixers. What I would argue is that the last two years they've needed shooting off the bench so badly, or just a, a playmaking wing so badly. And yet here you are, a playmaking wing, and you're not getting playing time. If you were if you were good enough and you were played playable, you would absolutely be out there contributing to this team. So the fact that this team, the biggest need is depth and sh- and shooting off the bench, and you're saying that you can do that, yet you're not getting playing time, that's not them. That's that you have not improved enough, and that's on you. So you can request a trade and one out of here, Furkan, but the simple reality is that I don't know that it's going to be any better for you anywhere else. You can go to a losing situation like Cleveland and, and go play. Enjoy that. Um, or you can sit, stay here and develop. And another thing is that they declined his, play, his, his, his option for next year, so he'll become an unrestricted free agent. So he likely was not in their plans long term. But to say that you've been wrong by the franchise is, is just not true because you, were the, you were, fit the bill of the exact player that they need off their bench. And as bad as they need it, they're not giving you those minutes. So that's saying that despite needing it so bad, they, st- they still don't trust you. So you're not even remotely adequate in any way. If you, were, if you were even a little bit 
there or you were even close, they would be giving you minutes. But the fact that you're not playing really at all means that they have no trust in you. So that's your fault for Gunn, not theirs. Um, in terms of Markel Fultz, I wanted to touch on one thing. Back when when we're, I've been trying to sort of I've been thinking about like where did where did things go wrong for him? Where did mentally he sort of break? And one thing I thought of tonight was back when Colangelo traded those two picks, the first, the the the, the twenty seventeen first rounder, which ended up being Jason Tatum, and the future first to the Celtics for the for the first pick, which ended up being Markel Fultz. The entire spotlight of the NBA shifted onto this one workout from Markel Fultz in front of the Sixers, because that was going to be the determining factor whether they wanted to trade the pick. Because they went because they were either going to you know they wanted to work him out, make sure that he was good and good to go, and then they were going to make, make the trade. So to have that spotlight on you and to know that you know at age nineteen that you're basically being tasked with 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 showing that you're the guy that they're trading for and just being the only person in the gym working out in front of all these cameras, all these people, all these circumstances and what's at stake, that's a lot of pressure. And you wonder if maybe that was the moment that sort of broke him. And you could argue, oh, but he was tremendous in summer league that year. He was, but even that jumper was just a touch different than his college jumper. And he was scoring and he and he was confident, so no one said anything. But it wasn't the same jumper. It, you know, he he it, 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 looking at his college jumper to what the summer league jumper, the mechanics were a little bit different. So I wonder, um, if maybe just realizing that he was the only guy in the gym and he's just doing these workouts by himself in front of all these people, all these cameras, and he's literally being graded and being tasked with being the guy, not only the number one pick, being the guy that a franchise trades two picks to get. I wonder if that was the moment that broke Markel Fultz. So, you know, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that question. And and maybe if he figures it out and he gets out of his own head eventually, it won't even matter. But if looking back on this ten year, five years from now, or whatever, or maybe even sooner, maybe three, four years from now, he's not the, uh, you know, if if it, if it doesn't work out, and we're trying to figure out where it went wrong for him mentally, that might be the moment where you where you consider, maybe he realized what was that what what was happening, and it was too much for him. So anyway, the Sixers win tonight, a game that was a lot closer than it should have been. They win 122 to 113 over the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers draft to four and four. Sixers improved to five and four. Five and zero at home. Four and zero. Oh, oh, and four. Sorry, so five and zero at home. Oh, and four on the road. They're off tomorrow night. They will be back in the Wells Fargo Center one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, taking on the Detroit Pistons, who are four and three. This is a rematch. Maybe this is a revenge game for the Sixers. Um, so we'll see you. Post game to break down that one. Thank you for tuning. Oh, before oh, before I, I let you all go, a couple of words from our sponsor, and then a message about the feed to Embiid. So, do you like shotgun beer? 
do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Go check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a bottle opener, tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra with a K. For a 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution of the feed to Embiid without written permission of a sponsor is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2018. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Once again, the Sixers win it 122 to 113, new improved to 5 and 4 on the year. They will take on the Clippers next at the Wells Fargo Center, 1 o'clock matinee on Saturday. Um, we'll see you after the, after that game to break it down. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and as always, have a good night and be safe.